The Injured Senior Podcast is here to help. Like it or not, the senior and elderly population is vulnerable to negligence committed by medical professionals, nursing homes, assisted living facilities, pharmaceutical and medical device companies, insurance companies, and everyday individuals and businesses. Your host, Steve Heisler, creator of the National Injured Senior Law Center, has been advocating for seniors' rights for over 30 years and is bringing you answers to your questions. This is the Injured Senior Podcast. Well, howdy to all in our injured senior, elderly, and aging population community. Uh, As you know, my name is Steve Heisler, founder and CEO of the National Injured Senior Law Center. And you are tuned in to, yes, another episode of the Injured Senior Podcast. Now, for those of you who are new to our show, the Injured Senior Podcast is a show dedicated to discussing legal and medical issues of vital importance to the injured senior, elderly, and aging community, and to their children, loved ones, and caregivers. I want to quickly say thank you to the National Injured Senior Law Center for their kind sponsorship of this show. The National Injured Senior Law Center represents senior individuals who are harmed through no fault of their own by the negligence of others. For more information, go to InjuredSeniorHotline.com. Also, please check out our new website at InjuredSeniorPodcast.com. That's been uh, a long time coming, and it's it's finally up. You can download our latest special report, The Top Danger to Seniors in the Hospital, by going to InjuredSeniorPodcast.com. Okay. Let us jump into today's show. Uh, There's nothing more despicable than the exploitation of the aging population, let alone any age group. Elder abuse occurs in many forms, including financial exploitation. Now, according to TrueLink, a business that provides account monitoring software for seniors and their families, Financial elder abuse and exploitation accounts for more than $36 billion in losses to seniors. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that is just uh, reprehensible, as I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. Now, Dr. Peter Lichtenberg is here today to discuss financial exploitation of seniors and the elderly. Dr. Lichtenberg is the director of the Institute of Gerontology and the Merrill Palmer Skillman Institute. He is a professor of psychology at Wayne State University in Michigan as well. He's particularly interested in the area of intersection between financial capacity and financial exploitation. In 2013, he published the first nationally representative study on predictors of older adult scam victims. In 2015, he published the Lichtenberg Financial Decision-Making Rating Scale and the Lichtenberg Financial Decision Screening Scale. These tools can be used to assess major financial decisions and or transactions of older adults. Hello, Dr. Lichtenberg. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Steve. I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. 
Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. It's great to have you here. Now, I know you're settled in Detroit, Michigan, uh, but you hail originally from Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, so the next time I watch Rocky, uh, I will definitely think of you. All right. So Rocky is one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, you know, this absolutely. Is- Listen, I, I still get the Philadelphia Inquirer online. So I uh, my heart is close to Philadelphia. My mom always said, oh, you'd move back here in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, I tell you, you know, the scene where he beats the heck out of the slab of meat in the meat house, you know, it just uh, that's one that just, you know, just never, never leaves my mind. I always think of that. It was just such a, you know, such a a poignant scene. You know, it's a great movie and it's a great city. So the next time uh, we get together or whatever, uh, post pandemic, you're bringing the Philly cheesesteak. Sounds good. <laughs> Even though I'm a vegan, we'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Seriously. Uh, can you tell our injured senior community uh, a little about what is financial elder exploitation? Sure. Thank you. You know, it's re- very simply the misuse of an older adult's person's funds. And it's either through a theft or a scam, either someone stealing the money or they're misleading and misrepresenting and getting an older adult to give them money. So how would you differentiate that from elder abuse or is it considered a form of elder abuse? It is considered a form of elder abuse. And, uh, you know, if you take aside identity theft in which there's really no interaction, uh, it's considered a form of elder mistreatment where there is an interaction and there is a, uh, a trusted other, even if that trust was established over just 10, 15 minutes, it's a trusted other who abuses that trust and either steals or uh, uh, misleads the older adult into a scam. Yeah, we had Paul Greenwood on the show uh, back in, God, when we started out uh, many episodes ago, but he talked about elder abuse and he said financial elder abuse was was very prevalent. How, how prevalent uh, would you say it is? Yeah, you know, and it's, it's growing. And um, part of it's growing because we're becoming more aware of it. But part of it's growing because older adults are getting more targeted. It's the second most common form of elder abuse, about 5% a year, Steve, of adults over 60 are reporting uh, being exploited. A little bit over half of that's within the family or friends. And the other half is uh, about strangers. So what do you think are some risk factors uh, for elder financial exploitation? Yeah, so um, some of the risk factors that that we found, uh, let's talk about fraud and scams and then exploitation uh, kind of within the family. Uh, For fraud and scams for older adults who are cognitively intact, uh, we found that psychological vulnerability was and financial vulnerability So feeling a lot of financial strain, depression, sort of invisibility within one's community, uh, those really uh, were risk factors. Anybody can be defrauded, scammed, but those folks were scammed at two to three times the rate. And so one in seven were being uh, scammed when they had high depression and and low sense of uh, status, visibility within their own community. So do the scammers, do they just, uh, I mean... Are, are they tuned into uh, 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 
elder or senior individuals who meet uh, those characteristics or do they have any way of knowing who's going to be more particularly vulnerable or do they just go ahead and try everybody, every senior and see where the chips may, uh, may drop? I think they try a, a wide range of people, but they really look for these factors. So, you know, we talked about abuse of trust as sort of a fundamental thing, but financial entitlement is a second thing. And this is where um, a lot of times within a family, adult children are feeling entitled to their parents' money. And one of the things that we found is uh, you and I would call that theft when they actually take that money, uh, but they don't see it that way. They see this as their inheritance and they're just using it early. It really puts a, a wet blanket on discussion. You know, finances have become a taboo topic. In our national study that we just published on, uh, Steve, representative of older adults across the country, over half said they wish they had someone to talk to about their finances. And the scammers know this and they present themselves as a very sympathetic ear at first to talk to about whatever you want to believe, religion, politics, finances, and then um, they'll sort of turn the screws on for you to step up and, and uh, either win money or give to somebody in need or um, if they can figure out that you're so lonely. Uh, maybe try a romance scam. So and, they're very adept at this. And how are they? You know, how are they uh, communicating, or what, what what way are they uh, getting access to to these elder individuals? A lot of phone stuff, um, but they use all mediums: mail, uh, email. And once they get a connection, like picking up the telephone, even if you're going to argue with a scammer, that increases your risk there twenty times. You can't win, because, huh? Uh, you can't. You think you can, and you might be able to as an individual, but, you know, for 100 people, all they need is one or two that they can say, hey, yeah, I, I understand other people are like that, but that's not how I'm, what I'm about, and get you talking and so forth. Uh, you know, they make a study of this. They are, they are really professionals at, at how to persuade and how to uh, influence. And then once they get you... Um, they don't let up. For example, uh, one individual who was involved in a, a romance scam, uh, they really wanted a lot more money from him. So they started calling him round the clock, round the clock, every hour he was getting phone calls. So he wasn't sleeping, wasn't really eating. And uh, within uh, three months, he had sent about $700,000 to uh, his beloved who was, uh, of course, didn't even exist. Oh God, yeah, that's uh, that's sad. I mean, it's really sad that uh, someone is in that uh, state of mind that they would uh, even fall for something which seems like so crazy, you know. Um, but you know, I think of when when my grandfather died uh, back in the uh, mid 1980s. My grandmother was living alone in Florida, uh, and when she passed. In uh, 1993, you know, my, my parents went down to empty out her bungalow uh, and they found in her closet every imaginable knickknack you could think of, you know, that was purchased. And this was back in the mid 80s. So I don't even think there was no home shopping network, whatever. But somehow they, you know, the scammers got to her and sold her everything imaginable. 
Uh, so yeah. And then I guess you said depression and maybe loneliness is, uh, is a big, uh, factor. So if someone's lonely or depressed, right, aren't they more apt to be, um, you know, to want to fall in love or want to do something that, you know, can make them happier. So that might be. Absolutely. And, uh, really what they come to crave is this connection. And, uh, so that is one avenue in, you know, a second avenue of huge risk factors is a cognitive decline, early cognitive decline or early dementia, uh, really where there's memory loss and problem solving loss uh, beyond normal that it really is starting to interfere with people's ability. So they lose their ability to manage their money. That is, they, they lose their understanding of how much money they've given. For example, uh, one grandfather thought he had given his grandson uh, $2,000 when the investigators went out and interviewed him across the year. It was actually uh, $180,000. Quite a difference. <laughs> quite a difference. And this happens all the time. You see this uh, in long-term care facilities, uh, you know, sort of uh, the friendly visitor that keeps coming in and the bank account starts dwindling for this older adult or in senior housing and so forth. And it's that sense they've started to lose their memory a bit. They're still very functional in other regards, but they need that protection financially because right. somebody's taking advantage of that early cognitive decline. So Dr. Lichtenberg, you work with older adults uh, making financial decisions. Uh, what are some of the most um, conspicuous uh, faulty decision making that they make? Yeah, you, you know, to make an informed decision, you really have to have four elements. You have to know what you want to do. You have to be able to communicate your choice. Uh, you have to know why, reasoning, rationale for doing it. But you also have to understand sort of the implications of that choice and appreciate the potential consequences. And what we find is that older adults who get in trouble they're making decisions with their heart. So they know what they want to do. They know why, but they're not informed decisions because they don't truly understand or appreciate uh, the, how much financial risk they're putting themselves at and what the potential risk uh, and consequences are and how much money they can lose. I'll give you a quick example. A grandmother Thankfully, she never went through with this. We were able to stop her. She wanted to buy a house for her grandson. He was unemployed. He had no way of paying for this house. She was just going to put the down payment on it and sign, co-sign with him. He'd be, quote, responsible. Well, he had no way of, of doing that. And she was saying, well, this is what I want to do. And, you know, it really makes me feel good. Well, that's her heart. But her head couldn't get around it. And when we showed her and just talked about, you know, well, what would happen if all of a sudden you had to make all these payments? Oh, I couldn't do that. And so we showed her kind of the, the legal, uh, when you sign a document like that, you know, what happens? And um, fortunately, in that case, we were able to avoid it. But it's a good example of somebody not being able to put their head into the decision. And so it's not an informed decision. And that's really what we're stressing. Everybody's allowed to make bad decisions as long as they're informed decision. But if you're not making an informed decision, we're really going to try to help you see the light of day. So uh, how are you able to do that? So uh, you are 
heavily involved in, in, in helping uh, elders with situations involving financial exploitation. How are you able to get to them or how are they finding you so that you can help them out? One way that we're doing this is we're working with um, all across Michigan and Wisconsin and other states, Adult Protective Services, they're a social service agency that investigates all financial exploitation uh, claims. And we've created this screening scale that you mentioned. So we've trained them on our website and get online training and certification, but we also uh, do some coaching with them. And so that they are sort of some of the eyes and ears out there using these scales, being able to uh, identify sort of the shortfall and work with the clients. As they've told me, you know, sometimes, Peter, we've saved over a million dollars because the client may have said $100,000, but we saved the rest because going through the scale, they've come to see the light of day that, wow, they're really highly at risk and they're not going to uh, see anything coming back here. Now, so we're excited about those kinds of, you know, even if we can save $10,000, we're excited about what we can do to intervene before all is lost. So you said about 50% are family uh, exploiters uh, and the other are strangers. Um, yeah. It must, it, it's got to be very disheartening uh, when it's involving the family. Um, what do you see most amongst, uh, uh, you know, the family members who are exploiting uh, their parents or, you know, their grandparents or, or what have you? First, we see vulnerability in the older person. You know, uh, all of a sudden, maybe uh, they've had to give up driving. Uh, perhaps uh, they've started to have some cognitive decline, or as we said, some loneliness, and maybe some physical disability, not getting around in pain, maybe. And so we see that older person then become a little bit dependent on some help from a family member. And we see this family member then um, maybe become a power of attorney, uh, maybe become a fiduciary another way, uh, start to feel that sense of entitlement and absolute power and just reach in and grab the older adult's money uh, so that we start to see them justify this, it, the exploitation in their own mind as I'm entitled to this because I'm helping mom or dad out now. And uh, I want these other things. How often are they are they prosecuted, or uh, do they do they mostly just get away with this, or or are we seeing a trend towards more prosecution and uh, you know accountability on the part of uh, you know these uh, family members? You know, state by state, we're starting to see the states try to tighten the laws so that there are some consequences. For example, if you're a fiduciary and you benefited. Uh, this way through exploitation, you can't inherit, uh, you know, if, if it gets challenged. So that's a good example. But, but really, most people are still uh, getting away with it. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it's very expensive to bring it through the court system. I do work as an expert in the probate system a lot. And it's very expensive proposition for somebody to kind of bring in uh, evidence about this, and to uh, actually get accounts frozen and get a, a conservator appointed and so forth, especially if it's challenged. And so um, these exploiters are able to kind of shield themselves through 
uh, how difficult the system is to work uh, when they're exploiting uh, one of their family members. The, uh, is, is there any, uh, I guess, uh, liability on the parts of uh, financial institutions or um, caregivers or whatever who might not, not be, uh, you know, complicit or intentionally complicit, but just negligent and not recognizing that something is not going right? So the Senior Safe Act, which was passed by uh, Congress and, and signed into law in 2019, is really trying to get financial institutions to understand they need to train all of their, everybody that works there, all their employees about financial exploitation, decision-making. And we're seeing some benefits to that. You know, uh, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau gets these suspicious activity reports from deposit institution and from money service businesses like MoneyGram or Western Union. They've seen a quadrupling increase in these reports over, you know, from 2013 to 2017, uh, and about $2 billion a year uh, of, of suspicious activity. And so I think the financial institutions are starting to uh, understand that they need to do more. We still need them to continue to be pressured to do more and to actually have some more skin in the game in terms of penalties and so forth, I think because um, they are able to track this. They can see dramatic changes in expenditure patterns very easily. They just have to want to do it and actually make it a policy that, that that's just something that has to be uh, looked after and, and definitely uh, examined, right? Right. So Dr. Lichtenberg, uh, you created three scales to help financial exploitation investigations. Can you describe them? Sure. And, uh, and we just created a fourth one, which actually, let me start with the fourth one, which is brand new. And it's called the Financial Exploitation Survey. It's on our website, olderadultnesteg.com. That one, an older adult themselves can go on our website, go on our older adult landing page, take this survey and see if they are at enhanced vulnerability for exploitation. And then we give them some ideas for next steps. The other three scales that so they go create, to your website, they would they would go to olderneastegg.com and they can actually be directed to the survey, which will let them know whether or not they're being exploited or not. Whether they're at higher risk for being exploited. Exactly. Okay. Whether they have some of those vulnerabilities that are associated with cases of financial exploitation. And also on our website there, we have uh, for those who've been victimized by scams or identity thefts and they can't seem to uh, get their credit cleaned up, those kinds of things, uh, we have a link for our SAFE program. We'll do some financial coaching with them at no charge and uh, help them out with that. Now, the three scales uh, that you mentioned, uh, we created for professionals. And uh, the, the um, longest scale is for mental health professionals who are really doing more of an in-depth financial capacity assessment. And they get at these informed decision-making aspects, but also gets at, at the context within which somebody makes these decisions. You know, uh, if I have a lot of expertise in finances uh, in older age, I'm gonna carry that with me. But if I don't, and I have a lot of uh, uncertainty, lack of confidence, uh, that's gonna influence me as well. Or if I have a lot of relationship strain around finances, 
you know, I feel like people want my money and it's causing strain or it's very overt. And we find maybe up to a third of, of older adults are feeling this kind of relationship strain around finances as they've gotten older with one of their family members or friends. So those contextual things can really impact our decision-making abilities. Our 10 item scale, I described, you know, this is what the APS workers use and others uh, really gets at the informed decision-making aspects. And then we have a 14 item, what we call family and friends interview. And uh, this uh, gives the family member or friend a chance to see whether their concerns about an older adult uh, show the older adult to be at higher risk, whether they think uh, this person is at risk of, of being exploited. And so we have a uh, family and friends questionnaire on our friend, family and friends page uh, that they can fill out and get feedback about um, and a report that they can take to a health practitioner or, or social service practitioner if they're concerned about uh, their older parent, their loved one. So the family and friends can actually go to oldernestegg.com and they can do their own survey to find out whether their elder or senior parent or grandparent is actually more susceptible or... That's, that's right. Or it's actually even uh, at high risk right now for being exploited. And okay. so so this, this older adult nest egg website, we started with these three scales for professionals. We've grown it now. We've got a scale... Uh, and a website and resources for family and friends and for the older adult themselves. So it's, uh, it's really becoming more of a place for the general public as well. Right. But so you, like you said, you started out just for professionals um, who to help them be able to recognize this, correct? Correct. Because, you know, there's too few tools out there uh, and, and evidence-based tools, you know, research supported, validated tools. There's too few of them. And so we thought, hey, let's create one and let's try to validate it. And uh, then let's try to disseminate it. So the mental health professionals, um, this is what they're doing is they're uh, seeing or treating someone for some type of mental health issue. uh, And this is to help them actually be able to uncover whether or not this is going on or, or, and it, does it all, is that one thing that it does? Thank you, Steve. You know, really this is the intersection of where capacity and exploitation meet because, um, you know, and this is how I started too, as a mental health professional, geriatric neuropsychologist, people were asking me to do capacity assessments on these older adults. And I was finding out all kinds of things about exploitation as well. <laughs> And so that's, and and it's at that nexus, you know, when you don't have capacity, you're much more at risk for exploitation. And so uh, that's where it really helps the mental health professional. Most of these folks are are doing uh, capacity assessments for whether the person can manage their own money, uh, whether they need a power of attorney or conservator, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, lo and behold, they often, when they find problems in that regard, are also finding the dark side of capacity, which is financial exploitation. And if they suspect that that's going on after using this, uh, the scales, do they contact you? I mean, do you find that you're getting contacted or, or are they directed to go to adult protective services? Or They are directed to go to adult protective services. They're also directed to find ways to intervene with the, uh, with the older adult to try to help them uh, stop uh, 
before they make this decision. Hopefully it's, it's preemptively. And uh, there's a number of other resources that we provide for them as far as important websites, reporting places like the Federal Trade Commission, Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, the FBI. You know, we want to direct people to where they should report it. And um, uh, definitely it's important not to just keep it a secret and because then you're part of the problem. So if you right. uncover it, you've got to you've got to report it and uh, push it. Got it. Uh, well, and again, I, maybe I missed it, but what was number this uh, number two and number three? As far yeah. as on the scale, you, yeah. you said so that the there first, was a mental health the professional health square. And then the screening scale was the second one. That's for anybody, anybody that's working with older adults who are making a financial decision, like our bankers could be, our financial planners right. have used it, attorneys use it. And of course, as we said, all protective service people work, use it. And number three is when uh, the original family and friends interview was an interview given by professionals to a informant who might give a third party view on what's going on. So we created those three scales. Then we adapted the family and friends one uh, for family and friends. And then we created the new uh, exploitation survey. So wow. we've got five different scales out there that are all on our website. All, all the training uh, for these scales is narrated online free of charge to use the scales. We give you a report, we give you recommendations and we give you resources. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of resources, a lot of tools. Um, you were coming down uh, kind of like to the end of the uh, of the show, Dr. Lichtenberg. Um, so, you, have you been able to um, determine whether or not the scales ha have are successful, or how how uh, successful have they been, or you know, is is it helping? We're really thrilled about the usage worldwide, actually, UK, Australia, United States. Um, so we're able to track that or the trainings or certification. But we have all of our empirical studies are on our resource page for our website. And we've not only validated these instruments, but we've also done some what we call implementation science work to show how best to implement them in your community as a professional. Okay. So if I'm a, a senior elder individual who suspects that I might be the victim of financial exploitation, uh, or I'm a, a caregiver, a child, a loved one, can you give one or two action steps uh, that they can take uh, to get the ball rolling in the right direction? First thing is, and we have a module on this, difficult conversations. We, it's a, you know, you have to have a conversation with older adults and you have to do it in a way that doesn't scare them off. You have to partner with them. You have to join with them. You have to understand their perspective. You can't just come in and demand they change. And that's where it starts. That really is where it starts. Then you can start to problem solve. There's a lot of things that we could do in terms of uh, limiting the amount, for example, that goes out of your bank account at any one time, alerts that are put on. Uh, you can work with a money manager, um, reporting, as I said, you know, if it's a crime, reporting to the police and so forth. Um, but it all starts with that difficult conversation and getting right. so that so if you're you and a family I are working or, together. Yeah, so if you're a family member or whatever, right, it's being able to have that conversation. But if you're actually the senior or elder who's listening to this and says, 
hey, I, I, I get it. I think that I might be uh, being scammed or whatever. Um, what should that, you know, what should that person do? Yeah. Work with a trusted other person that you get, think about who you really can trust and always uh, maybe even have somebody, a third person have eyes on whatever you and that trusted person are doing just as a, a kind of a regular check. Um, because if you're into this and you're sort of realizing it, you might need help to get out of it and you might need help to, you know, you might need to change accounts. You might, you might need to clean up your credit and, and we can help you with that. So you can contact us, come on our website and you'll see the safe program, uh, send in some information and we'll, we will uh, be in touch with you and, and try to help you work through those issues. That, that is awesome. That really is. I mean that, and the fact that you give uh, free uh, coaching or, or online training, it, it, you know, you're, you're actually out to help, you know, not to just profit, you know, and, and uh, absolutely. We are really out to help, you know, um, we helped over 120 people with our one-on-one -on -one financial coaching over half of them get money retrieved or saved. So uh, it really can make a huge difference in people's lives. That is great. That is just great, Dr. Lichtenberg. Many thanks for coming on the show. I mean, this just flew by. I feel like we were just talking about cheese steaks. Um, and of course, thanks for educating our community about financial exploitation. Uh, uh, you know, of um, our uh, you know the you know the aging population, and uh, unfortunately, it's it's very sad. But you, like you said, it's it's very prevalent. Um, so. How can any of our listeners find you? Obviously, uh, you mentioned the website. What's the website address again? Yep. Uh, older adult nest egg, all one word, dot com. Okay. If they want to maybe email you or somebody yeah. uh, about some issues that they might have, can, would they be able to email? Yeah, there's a, there's a form on that website that they can use or they can email me directly at AA2275 at wayne w-a-y-n-e dot e-d-u you're not just a spokesperson you roll up your sleeves and you're actually helping people yourself so that's absolutely first half of my career was outside of academia as a clinician working with people every day that's what i love to do that's great um and if anyone wants to find you on social media what are some of the social media platforms that you're on dr lichtenberg linkedin's the best one uh, i'm on the linkedin platform uh, the Institute of Gerontology, which I direct, has a Facebook uh, platform. I personally shifted off of Facebook just for whatever reason. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, I have yet to become a Twitter person. So I, I'm, I'm still kind of old school. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you the Facebook thing. You know, my kids tell me that Facebook is, you know, gone the way of the dinosaurs. And, uh, you know, they kind of chuckle when I say I'm on Facebook. But, you know, that's really enough for me. You know, we we grew up not you know not knowing it. there was no social media. I mean, the biggest yeah. challenge we had was the rotary phone. You know, so <laughs> I mean that was it, or the or the CB that we had. Um, thanks again, Doctor Lichtenberg. Uh, we really want to have you back because there's so many other issues, or you know, we could maybe you know zero in on something that might be a particular issue and do a whole show on that. Will you come back? I'd love to. And thanks for having me, Steve. I really you enjoyed got the it. conversation. Same to you. And uh, take care. And I guess good luck to the Lions. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> <but> they... <laughs>
Injured Senior and Aging Population Community. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I want to thank again, Dr. Lichtenberg, uh, Dr. Peter Lichtenberg for appearing on the show today. Uh, if you love the Injured Senior Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. Uh, if you want to share your story on an upcoming show, maybe you've been the victim of financial exploitation. Uh, we would love to have uh, your uh, input uh, and, and have you on the show to give us your experience. Uh, but if you have any uh, other suggestions or comments about the show, uh, you can go to our InjuredSeniorPodcast.com website, and there's actually on that homepage, uh, you can click on leave a message and actually leave a message, which we will get, and then we will get back to you. Or you could always email me at steve at InjuredSeniorHotline.com. Uh, I, as you know, I answer all emails just like Dr. Lichtenberg. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, want you to reach out to me, uh, if you would like to, um, so until next time, be safe, uh, looking forward to next week's show and I will talk to you soon. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the injured senior podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us at InjuredSeniorPodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter. To find out more or to get help at any time, visit InjuredSeniorPodcast.com or call 855-622-6530. That's 855-622-6530.